Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. I was talking with um, Dave this morning and I was saying, I was just sharing with him about how the Lord was talking about, you know what, we come to church, we hear a good sermon, yeah, 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 good, good. We go home, we put it under the bed. Next week we come again, good, good, good. And, you know, it's basically what are we doing about everything that he's, you know, been telling us. Okay, so today's going to be a little bit of recap, just touching on certain things and a charge. Okay, um, and one of the reasons um, where this came from was, I remembered um, one of the times when Pastor Rod spoke to us, and you know he talked about the ten virgins, and you know they were they were all virgins. That's all. They were all they all belonged to the Lord. However, five had oil, five didn't. So, which, you know, um, it's just something I've been asking the Lord, what does it mean? Does it mean that five didn't go to heaven? I don't think so. I just think there's, there's a, <laughs> I, I, this, this, what I'm saying now is just my thinking. Five made the um, marriage supper. Five were in heaven, but maybe not at the table. I don't know. It's just my thinking. But there is a marked distinction. But they're both virgin. They're both sets of virgins. So I believe that the Lord is actually at this time seeking sold out lovers, completely sold out, you know, to, <laughs> he's looking for those who will love him with everything. You lay down everything in, in pursuit of him. Okay. Um, so in a little recap, we've just recently heard David preaching Embracing Revival. The next week, we couldn't stop worshipping. I remember Digi had to basically stop the worship <laughs> and say, hey, I have a message to give. We could not stop worshipping the, the week after. Okay, and since then, worship has just been on a different level. Okay. Um, as for our Elijah. <laughs> as for... Elder Deji and the words he has been giving, even today, you know, even when he was speaking, you know, Elijah, you know, when, when a prophet speaks, there's, sometimes it can be harsh. You can feel, oh, it's a bit harsh, but that's, that's, that's the office of the prophet. We've had several words. Um, I'm just going to speak about a few. As I said, I'm recapping some of the things. Okay. Um, I'm going to ignite a real passion for me in the heart of the people this year. They will be burning for me and my spirit this year. And, and, and my spirit this year will come through obedience. Do you remember last Wednesday? What, what, what we had on Wednesday evening was about obedience. Okay, and tell them to desire me above all things. Does that sound like a sold out lover? You desire him more than anything else. Remember, I'm saying, I'm saying these things to remind us, none of these things are new, but what are we doing about them? You know, it, it, we have to move from where we hear something's good, we put it down and we're doing nothing. Okay, um, and that's because 
as much as he's saying these things to us, we also have to open our ears to hear what he's saying, you know, in, in the season even of the nation. Um, I, I like one other thing that you said once, which I'm going to say here. I, I mean, I've liked everything, but I, I wish I can't do everything you said because he said it already and we, should, we can go back and listen. But you said, okay, Pastor Rod, last week he said, we need to run after signs and wonders. He said that. He mentioned that last week. One of the things... One of the, when the Spirit of the Lord is allowed to be fully Lord, when the Spirit of the Lord is allowed to be fully Lord, we will experience his power. That's, I don't know if Deji himself remembers this. <laughs> you did. It's, I, I write everything down. So, you know, we're combining everything together. We're running after him. We're going to be sold out for him. And in, in, in that place, it comes in, in two ways. We love him. We're, we're absolutely obedient to everything that he tells us. And when we do that, what happens? It's a natural thing for his power to be made manifest. It will happen without you even thinking. Okay. And I also want to talk about what else the Lord is doing outside of here. Um, last week, was it last week? Was last week Pentecost or the week before? Anyway, week before. We had um, Jonathan Oloyede, um, Pastor Jonathan Oloyede. He's, he's, he's pushing for a unity of churches. And he's pushing for when the church becomes one, then we will see the nation change, part of revival. So on, on that week, uh, um, on Pe Pentecost Day, he had several churches. We, I joined his prayer, and there's several of us here who actually joined his prayer on a Thursday evening. Um, and it's all over the nation. It's all over the United Kingdom. And he brought together, I don't know how many churches, but it was almost, it was over 20,000 people to make a declaration on that day, wherever you are, on the streets, in a public place, and to sing a song, um, and the, the essence of that song was, Lord, come, transform, heal, and revive our society. Do you see the trend? This is what the Lord is. It, he's coming back soon, and he has to get us ready. Yes? Okay, I'll go on. Um, there's a ministry I follow in, in Nigeria. When I was there, uh, or whenever I'm there, this is the place where I would go to church. Um, it's Apostle Joshua Selman. On the 10th and 11th in Manchester, and a few of us also were there, there was, he, he felt way before that, he felt the call of the Lord to come and sound out, to, to make a sound for revival in the United Kingdom. I'm like, Lord, hey, we have to have people come as well from outside to make this sound, but that's because he wants to make a point. Sometimes when we're in something, we don't see it so much. And so he, and, you know, he, he's not a regular visitor to this country, but he hired out the AO in, in Manchester, which takes 21,000 people. And yeah, Jonathan was there, um, Bola, um, a few people, and some, of, some watched it online. I went, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth was there. I cannot describe what the spirit of the Lord did. 
And it was called Sound of Revival. Sound of Revival. He has come to make the announcement that it's time for revival in the UK. It's time for us to return to the things that, that the Lord has for us. Okay. Um, I'll talk a little bit more. Uh, there's somebody else I follow. And he too is coming in September to, to sound out <laughs> revival in, 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 in this nation. He said the Lord has sent him to make that call to revival. Okay. I don't think the Lord can get any louder than he is. Do, uh, what, uh, who is in doubt about the season that we're in or what is the Lord doing or what is he saying? We have it here. We've had it in our own very congregation. Everyone who speaks is talking about revival in this house, you know, and he's doing it all over. I mean, sometimes I'm like, um, yeah, Dave, Dave was saying this morning, and, and it's true, he was saying there's something, I can't remember what he called it, about repetitive something in schools. And actually, when he said it, I'm like, duh, I've taught how many times? How many times do we teach something? We teach it again. We do revision. Then we give exams. Why? Because you want this thing to sit inside, you know, whoever, these students. I'm like... Yeah, and that's why we need to go over these things again and again and again until we're in it, until we embrace it fully and we're walking in it. Okay, so um, this came out because I was like, okay, Lord, you, you want me to speak again. I have, I, I have some things I haven't said which I had prepared. <laughs> Remember a couple of times back, I prepared something I haven't had the chance. I said, should I? He said, no. Okay, so what you want me to say? And that's where this came from. So I was just walking down the corridor. I was praying. I was like, oh, so how? Suddenly, I had a vivid picture. And Dave's not here. I don't know. He's, he's gone out to the toilet or something. But anyway, you remember he told us about an angel landing in, in Hyde Park. Was it Hyde? Hyde or Regents? Regents Park. My goodness. I, I was just walking down the corridor. I saw it. Huge! <gasps> you know, it was like, oh gosh. And I knew that it, it was in a park. And I knew, it. obviously, the Lord was reminding me about what David had said, that the angel has come. It's time, guys. It's time, you know. Um, so out of that, I said, okay. And as soon as that came, I was hit with the urge to intercede. I began to pray. I just was walking up and down, praying in the spirit. And suddenly the, the manifest presence of God hit me in my house, you know, um, after this. And, um, and I said, okay, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? And you know what? He, he, and he reminded me, he actually at that point reminded me, you, you went to Manchester. You heard the call for revival. What, what did he say? Um, <laughs> you know, yes, I made notes. Yes, I, you know, on the day. But you know what? I hadn't listened to it since that day. How many of us, when we come here on a Sunday, how many of us take, we actually make recordings. We give out recordings. We make recordings. We make notes. How many of us go back over what we have heard? So he reminded me, go back and listen. I went, I was a mess. I was a total mess listening to and there were three sessions I, I haven't even finished the three just two I was listening to the worship I was a mess okay and I just wanted to bring out one or two points from that I can't do the whole thing but there were two things I thought we needed to know a couple of the goals from the Manchester one was he says revival 
was to equip believers with the revelation required for a kingdom-driven and effective Christian life. Kingdom-driven and effective Christian life. That's how, how he expects us to live. You are driven by kingdom. What is it the Lord, what, when we pray your kingdom come, what is it he's saying? Okay, and the second thing is to help God's people and the entire territory experience the liberating power of the spirit through miracles, signs, and wonders. These are just two of the points, but I thought they were relevant to us. And then he said, he now went and said, the governing, uh, he said, the definition of revival is this, reawakening to through spirit, spirituality, um, a reawakening to righteousness and a reawakening to the governing authority of Jesus Christ. And he says it's threefold. And this is where I'm getting to threefold. One, personal revival. Secondly, revival of the church. And then thirdly, territorial revival. So I said, okay, Lord, you've been talking to us of revival. So the Lord said, we need to be ready. We're talking about embracing revival. We're having messages. How many of us are in personal revival at the moment? We need to get there. If we are to be ready for what the Lord is doing in the nation and on the face of the earth, you have to be there. This is not different from what David preached to us on one Wednesday. He said, you need to be, um, we as individuals, our flame needs to be burning bright. It's another word for you need to be in revival all the time. Okay. Um, and then so that when we come together, he said, when we come together, then our flames join together. and We have a furnace in here. All right, and then he, even in the day he spoke about embracing revival, he said, then you go out and you, you make a difference where you live. Same thing as, you know, this one may have put it down in, in terms that we understand, but it's the same thing. Out of the mouth or two or three things the Lord is saying. We need to be serious about it. Okay. Um, um, Malachi 4, 5 to 6. The Lord has given a promise of what will happen before he returns. He says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And he shall turn and reconcile the hearts of the estranged fathers to the ungodly children and the hearts of the rebellious children to the piety of their fathers. A reconciliation produced by repentance of the ungodly, lest I come and smite the land with a curse and a ban of utter destruction. The, what, what is the day of the Lord? The day he comes back. The day he comes back. And he says Elijah will come before that. And we have Elijah here. Sorry, Deji, but it's true. Because... You know, it's true. He's, he's, and we're so grateful. We're so grateful because, you know, so if, I mean, I don't know whether many of us have, when Deji's speaking, like, oh, Deji, come again. He's, 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 he's hitting us or he's harsh. <laughs> Elijah, was Elijah an easy man? No. Well, he's speaking the truth. He's speaking the truth. Elijah, I said, turns up and he's always a double-edged sword. I remember last time you preached, I actually said that to you. I said, this is a double-edged sword you've given us today. And, you know, it's double-edged why. There's repentance and restoration. There's also judgment. Yeah, we like, you know, first of all, if we don't repent, 
there will be judgment. But if we do, we will have restoration. And so that's the word that's going out. Hey, there is, you know, that's what Elijah, that's what the prophetic word says. Okay. So um, just one or two things to say. Do, you know, do we need a per personal revival? Some might say, maybe I don't need it. Maybe I'm fine. Maybe I'm fine where I am. Okay. Um, I just wanted to, this again was from the Manchester message, just a, a couple of points that maybe will show you whether you, you need a personal revival or whether you're in it already. Okay, one, it says deviation from the love of God. What takes priority in your life? What? What's the love of your life? You know, where does your, 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 your thinking go first? Is it the love of God or the love of something else? Is it, um, um, <laughs> I, I was um, convicted about certain things myself. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, hey, let me listen to something. And you're, you're munching something and your, your attention is not quite there. Now I put my food away and I take my pen and my pencil out when I'm listening to the things of God. Because I don't get it all when I'm distracted. Okay, so that means I am not fully there. This is, I'm just being honest. Okay, Romans 8, 9, um, from the Passion Translation this time. Romans 8, 9, and this is um, love of self. I'm, and I'm bringing these things out. I will also come to a place when, it, it, it's just for us to know these things, not for us to be condemned. You know, it's just for us to see where, where we're at. What do we need? You know, how much more do we need to, you know, pursue him? Okay, Romans 8, 9. Uh, this is love of self. But when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you're not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you're not of him. Okay, but we are joined. This is the thing. We are joined to the spirit of, of God. But are there things that, you know, like, are there things in our lives? I know Deji has talked about purging. Yes. Um, and, and just keep this in your mind because at the end of it, you'll see where all this fits in. Um, number three, I wrote a compromise of values and godly standards. Do we compromise? Are there times when, you know, our standards drop a bit? You know, um, and, and you will know godly standards because the spirit of the Lord will lead us and direct us. What are his standards? You know, it's, it, they're very clear, you know. Um, are we compromising? Then um, <laughs> I wrote here, a lack of passion for the house of God. Where, see how many empty seats. Maybe I'm speaking to those who are not here. Psalm 122 verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. I was glad. I, you know, okay, maybe we're here today, but what, how do you feel inside you when you're coming to church? Is it oh, Sunday? I have to go to church because I'm, I'm, I'm the one preaching or I'm the, the one leading worship, so I have to go. Is that why we come? Okay. All right. And to crown it all, even as I was looking at this, this was laid on my heart. Revelations 3, 14 to 15. 
and to the angel, the messenger of the assembly, the church in Laodicea, write, these are the words of the Amen, the trusty and faithful and true witness, the origin, the beginning, the author of God's creation. I know your record of works and what you're doing. You're not hot. You're not cold. You're not hot. Would that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I'm comfortable, I have prospered and grown wealthy, I'm in need of nothing, I'm fine. And you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind and naked. Therefore I counsel you to purchase from me gold, refined and tested by fire, that you may be truly wealthy and white clothes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nudity from being seen. And put salve on your eyes that you may see. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults. I convict, I convince, and reprove, and chasten. I discipline, I instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent. Changing your mind and attitude. There's a way out. Repent. Change your mind. Change your attitude. It's not, it's not, and, that, and, and don't forget, this is, a, this is the church he's talking to. It's not unbelievers, it's the church that he's saying this to. But he's given you the way out. Repent. If there's any of this in your life, repent. Okay. And then I looked, when he said here, he said, purchase from me gold. I'm like, what does, I began to find, what does gold, what do you mean purchase from you gold? What, what is gold? What does it mean? So in, in searching, uh, gold is spiritual purity. Yeah. Malachi 3.3. 3. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the priests, that's you and me, the sons of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Okay. We know that the blood of Jesus has paid the price for us to be righteous. But it doesn't give us the license to do what we want. When I say what we want, you know, to, <laughs> to not follow him fully. He wants sold out lovers. Sold out. So if there's any, it needs to go. It needs to go. And it's, he's giving us the way, repent, throw it away. Okay, Pastor Rod, last week, he shared these scriptures with us. Isaiah 62, 5. He said, for as a young man marries a virgin, O Jerusalem, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Hey, this brought me back to thinking about the virgins and the, the, the marriage supper again. You know, the bridegroom, we're the bride of Christ. You know, he, he wants, he, this is who he is. He rejoices over us as the bride. Yeah, he's, you know, and if you're a bride, he, uh, what picture do you, when we, when we talk about a bride, it's, a bride is beautiful, dawned out, decked, you know, there's, you know, all sorts of adornments and makes, it's beautiful. That's, what that's what he wants us to be yeah he rejoices over us and he has done 
The Lord has done everything to make us look beautiful. He's done it. So why would we allow anything to mar that? And that's what he's saying. You know, this is time to get rid of it. Okay. The other scripture Pastor Rod gave us was Song of Songs 2.13. Um, yeah. Okay. This, the, I, I had um, the both, both trans, yeah. So this is the Amplified. The fig tree puts forth and ripens her green figs, and the vines are in blossom, and give forth their fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, come away. Pastor Rod gave us this. What's the Lord saying? Come. Come. <laughs> Arise and come. Come to me. Look, no matter what it is that needs to be purged in us, do you know? If you arise and come with the Lord, those things will drop off. They can't stay when you're like this with the Lord. You won't even know. You, you just wake up one day and find they've gone. That's what he does. Okay? And he's telling you, come, arise, come. It's time. And, you know, don't forget what, what the, the word I said Deji gave. He says, when we're in that place, Power automatically will, will, will come out of you. You'll speak a thing and you'll see it come to pass. Why? Because you're like this with the Lord. <laughs> In the Passion Translation, that same verse says, he says, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Can you? Can you discern? This, that's what I've been talking about. Are, you, are, are, you, are we able to discern? This is what's happening. You know, the Lord is coming soon. He's saying, get revived. Get personally revived. Get the church revived. Then territory. Because he's coming. And he's doing it fast. He's doing it fast. So we need to, you know what? Get, get, get ourselves in tow. Yeah, can, he said, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? He said, the early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. H how much more do we need to know that this is happening? Everyone, everyone is talking about it. I mean, here, outside, everywhere. People from other countries come and tell us. Come on. <laughs> we, we, we've heard. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there's change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. Run with me to the higher place. Now is the time to arise and come away with me. That's the call of the Lord right now. It's a call to deeper levels of intimacy. We need to be so discerning of his voice and so with him like this. We have to be where, where his hands and his feet, where the ones that will bring about territorial revival. It's us. But if we're not here like this with him. So my charge for today is from Song of Solomon, chapter one, verses one to four A. And for me, this would have been an, a normally um, uncomfortable place to go because, um, but now, hmm. 
Nope. <laughs> okay. I'll just read, read it first. It says, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of... This is King James. I thought, you know what, it's warfare. As much as we're talking about intimacy, this is warfare. And you know I go to King James for my warfare. <laughs> the Song of Song, which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for, the love, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the savour of your good ointments, your name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore, do the virgins love you. Draw me and we will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. Okay. The first thing says, the song of songs, which is Solomon's. Solomon wrote about a thousand songs, by the way, but he called this one, the song of all songs. <sighs> this, I believe that this particular um, song of Solomon, the whole book, was obviously written by revelation. It, 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 it's, it's so anointed. It so talks of this time that we're living in, this time that we're in, this time of, of our intimacy with the Lord. It, 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 it's so evident. Okay, so I see, um, I know it talks about Solomon himself and the Shulamite, but I see it as Solomon being a type of Christ. Yes, and the Shulamite as a type of the bride of Christ. And I don't know whether anyone in here will say, oh, I don't mind if I don't get in with the first five virgins. You want to be out with the five who don't have oil. I, I believe the, the five who don't have oil will make it. But will they be at the marriage supper? I don't know. But why would you settle for anything less anyway? Why? The only, and, and you know, once you've heard something like this, you don't have an excuse anymore. Okay, you don't. You can't say, oh, I didn't know. You know. You now know. Okay. Um. The bride of Christ is in training and deeply desires. Who she is is one who deeply desires to please her bridegroom. Deeply desires to please the bridegroom. Okay. And I believe that that's what um, the Song of Solomon is about. As much as people have had different connotations, I believe it's about, basically about Christ and the bride of Christ. Okay. Um, verse 2 says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. The bride wanted something than just something casual. It's not just, it's not a casual affair with the Lord. It, and that's why I'm saying, you know, this is a time, <laughs> you know, um, walking with the Lord shouldn't be casual for us. It's not, oh, oh, yeah, when I want something, I call on him. Oh, I didn't pray this morning. Okay, I'll pray in the night. Oh, I forgot. I'll pray tomorrow. No, that's, that is not acceptable anymore. Yeah? Your, your, your time with the Lord, your intimacy with the Lord has to be of utmost importance. Do you know what? Even if you're just sitting there and saying nothing, something's happening to you. I found that I'm like, um, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, 
I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I'm finished and I'm sitting there. And I, you know, true, I sit there and sometimes I fall asleep, but I'm there, I'm present. And then next time I'm reading my book, mm, where did that come from? I've recognized that whatever sacrifice you make to be in the presence of the Lord, it's doing something in you, whether you're talking to him or whether he's talking to you or not. Something's happening inside. You're being changed. Okay. So the bride here um, wanted something than just being casual. You know, not, not just handshake, hi. And, and that. That's not what you want with the Lord. Um, he's not here, so I won't say it. But last week, um, <laughs> last week, uh, it was a guy who said um, that he felt that, it, it, I think it was in his time of, um, I'm not sure if it was his time of worship. I can't remember who was with me when he told me. And he said he felt the face of Jesus here. This is, this is a guy. It's not, it's not a, a lady. It's a guy. And, you know, that Jesus was leaning into him. And he said, I, what, what I wrote here, I said, to kiss someone, you have to be close. You have to lean in. You have to be face to face. All right. And in, in that uh, time of leaning in, you know, it's, it's not, it, 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 this isn't anything physical. It's a heart to heart connection. When you're that close, your heartbeat becomes one with the Lord. Not only do you, what, not only does he know everything in you, you begin to know what's on his heart. Yeah. You, I remember, when was it? I was saying, Lord, what's on your heart? You know, it's so much, we're so much about me and what I want. Hey, Lord, hey, will we stop and ask him, what's on your heart, Lord? That's a heart-to-heart -heart connection. Yeah, we leaned in, okay? Um, he, Jesus desires his bride to come up close so that we hear the beating of his heart. Um, and in those times of intimate worship, you know, you'll find that his presence is ta so tangible. M many times you'll just weep. You'll you, the tears will just fall because of the closeness of his presence. But you must press in for this. This isn't something that's going to happen just, oh, he will come. You need to show him. What did he say? What did we read in the, first, in the verse? Um, he says, arise, come, come, come. Okay. Um, he's so close. Uh, and that's, that's basically the, the, his kiss to you is his presence. It's the manifest presence. It's a tangible presence around you. Yeah. And then you know that he's right there with you. All right, and that's what I, I would say is his abiding presence. It's there, it's there. You, sometimes you, 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 know, you, you have to be um, intentional and then you, 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 you find it becomes so tangible. And he can show up anywhere, let me say this. <laughs> he can, he, he, when he knows you, when he gets to know that you love him in this way and that, you, that that's your desire, he can show up anywhere, anywhere. You can, you can be on the train and suddenly you get, oh, and then people are looking at you like, oh, you don't know what's happening to me. He's there. He, yeah, it can be um, in the car. It can be anywhere. It can be in the bathroom. I'll tell you what happened to me, um, was it three days ago? I went to Tesco and um, 
I got some things. And as I was coming out, there was this man sitting. Yeah, he was, he was, um, he was black. Do I call him? He was dark. <laughs> anyway, and he was sitting on the floor, and he had one leg of his trouser raised, and his leg was a mess. I don't know what disease or whatever was on his leg. And he was sitting there in the hot sun. Was it two days? Anyway, it was hot. He was sitting there in the hot sun and he was obviously begging. And then I passed and I was going to the car. The Lord said, ah! He said, did you not see that man? Okay, what do you want me to do? He said, go back and minister to him. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I went back. And I stopped and I said, what's your name? And he said, Brian. And I said, what, what, you know, are you okay? Da, 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 da. Talk to him a bit. He told me he had um, uh, something on his lungs that he bent to the hospital. And, he said, and then I, I, I talked to him about Jesus and I prayed for healing. And then, um, and I gave him some money. And then um, he reached out to me and I laid hands on him. And while I was doing this, I was oblivious to the... 21 million people who were going back and forth and some looking at me, I was, for the first time, I was oblivious to everything and everything else that was happening around me. You know, I laid hands on him and prayed with him and my heart, my, my heart was, I can only describe it as compassion. I've never felt compassion in this manner before, I, I'll be honest. And you know, and I, um, I so I, I, yes, I prayed with him, laid hands on his, 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 his foot, his hand everywhere. And I was going and I began to weep. I was weeping as I was going back to the car. I was crying, crying in my heart. I was like, and all I knew was that the Lord loved him. And the Lord is looking for us to love people. And he can't love them except through us. I've never experienced it in this way. And that's why I'm saying to you, when you're sitting in the presence of the Lord, something's happening to you and you don't know. Because if you would have told me that, I, you know, I'm, I'm not very bold, if I can put it that way. Maybe here I am, but normally I'm not. <laughs> but so that was, that's out of my comfort zone, especially to the point where you're laying hands on what looks like a diseased body. So when I got to the car, the enemy said, oh, you don't know what disease you caught, do you? I said, shut up. I said, shut up. And I remember, and immediately the, the Lord said to me, I touched the lepers. I healed the lepers. Yeah. To you be all yeah. praise. I said, I have the life of God in me. Mm. Nothing can come on to me. I don't know what he had. Amen. But I'm sharing this experience to say, he's doing something that's for all of us. Mm. We need to get there. Yeah. We need to get there. Okay, um, I wrote here, um, where did this come from? Aha, okay. For thy love is better than wine. Okay, the other part of the verse. And you know, wine intoxicates, it makes you, so if, well, if you, it depends on how much of it you take, but his love intoxicates so much more. Because it was only when I got to my car that um, I actually noticed people looking at me and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Why are they looking at me? <laughs> do you understand? I'm like, okay, did I do something? Obviously, it was unusual. I'm touching him and talking to him. I don't know. But I, it, 
I was oblivious to it. And I'm so glad I did. And I'm going to go back. I don't know whether he'll still be there, but I'm going to go back and look for him. I didn't care who saw me with Brian. I didn't mind touching him. I didn't mind giving him my money at all, at all. But what it did to me was help me to understand the compassion of Jesus. You see, when the Bible, we read it and I read it, he was moved with compassion, okay, he moved. Now I understand what, what exactly his compassion is. I, 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 was, I could not help myself. Okay, so verse three. Because of the savor of your good, of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love you. Do you know what? You speak the name of Jesus. It is, it is ointment coming out. It does something. It does something to your heart that's troubled. It does something to your body that's diseased. It, it does something to you. His name is, is like, you know, it's like what we would call medicine. It's like it's something happens when you speak the name of Jesus. You know, and don't forget it's at this name that everything in heaven and earth has to bow to. It's the only name that everything has no choice but to bow to. But you know, when you're, when you're speaking the name of Jesus, have this in your mind, know it. So even when you're ministering to people, that's what's on your heart when you're ministering. This is a name. If it's only the name of Jesus, you're saying <laughs> it's more than enough. It's more than enough to change, to, to give hope, to change their lives, to, you know, to turn them around. It's more than enough. Okay, um, and you know, that's why when you worship and you worship with the name of Jesus, it's something else. And I said, you know, as you say his name, picture everything that he is being poured forth, whether it's healing, grace, truth, wisdom, revelation, anything, everything that he is comes out when you um, mention his name. Verse four is draw me and we will run after you. Draw me. If he says arise and come and you come and you don't know what else to do, like, okay, I'm here, I don't know what to do. Tell him to draw you. You've been obedient to his, his, his command to come. You come into his presence and you're like, okay, I don't know what. Ask him, ask the Holy Spirit, draw me in. Draw me in because I don't know how to get in. He will. He will. That's, and you, by this, you're saying to him, I'm hungry. I want it. Draw me. Okay. Um, make me more spiritually hungry than I've ever been. I want more of you, but you need to help me. I don't know how to reach into you. He will draw you in. He will. Okay. Um, don't forget, he already said to us, arise and come. So my, our response to that is, I'm here, enlarge my capacity. I don't know how to stretch myself. I don't know how to receive all that you are. Enlarge me, draw me into that place. Okay. Um, I wrote here, uh, I said, as we approach him in a deeper sense with all of your heart, um, those things we were talking about, the unnecessary, the sinful things, they drop off. They actually drop off because they can't stay in his presence. They can't. Whether it's your attitude, your mindset, the little foxes, whether it's transgression here or there or, you know, it flows. 
in his presence. And there's transformation that takes place that makes you look so much more like him than you ever have. Okay. And this is continued. Every time you come, that's what happens. And that's... Um, that's how come you're changed. It says you're being changed from glory to glory to glory because these things fall off. Okay, the king has brought me into his chambers. So this is the last verse. And this is where you get to actually behold him as he is. His love overwhelms you because he now, as, as you, you've asked You've asked him to draw you. He draws you and he brings you into the deepest place of him. And you can't help but be changed. You come away, you, you behold his glory, behold his love. His love overwhelms you. You're, you're a slobbering mess. But you come away from that place totally consecrated to him. You know what? Lord, I'm yours. What do you want? Us? Who do you want me to speak to? It becomes easy because you are basically intoxicated by his love. Okay. And no wonder Paul was able to say from Galatians 2.20, no wonder Paul could say, I'm crucified with Christ. Nothing else in me lives. Nothing in me. Everything in my desires me dead. But nevertheless, I live, but not I. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Loved me so much and gave himself for me. And that's why, you know, we, we find um, John saying, I'm the one he loved. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I want to read something about a man um, called Seely Kine. I don't know if any of you heard this. You know when the Lord talks about nameless people, faceless people, people you don't know. This man lived in 18, if you could go to the passage on, born in 1858. Seely <laughs> Kine, never heard of him before. I never did. I just happened to come across him. Uh, he lived in rural New York. He was the eldest of seven children, active member of the Pentecostal Church of Avoca, delivering well-attended sermons weekly, recognized as an outstanding minister who embodied virtues of the deeper life and the bride. The deeper life and the bride. That's, that's who he was. It's not there. It doesn't, it's not? Okay, no, but it, it's fine. I'll read it. Okay, so... 1858, um, this is a long time ago, all right, uh, and he quotes, in 1932, he quotes at age 74, in 1932, he was 74, some regard us as fanatical, he said, we're the clearest of excessive and disorderly workings that I have seen, so as to be free from bondages of every kind. We have dancing, we have singing, praising, spiritual exercises. To an onlooker, it may seem boisterous, but to participate is to find the touch of God. Sound like us? In 1858. He said, recently a blue cloud of glory has been seen in the upper part of the hall, which seems similar to the appearance at the dedication of the tabernacle in the wilderness and the temple of Solomon. It is said we don't have any two meetings alike. I'm only reading this because that's where, we, that's where we are and where we're going. If we haven't reached any of this, it's coming. 
And this was what? Over 1858. <laughs> There's always something new and fresh in our meetings. Sometimes we have a meeting in which exhortation follows exhortation. Another occasion, prophetic utterances dominate. Other times, a meeting will be characterized by impressive testimonies. Sometimes it's a stream of prayer in the spirit, which occupies the whole time wholly. You know, if we were ever wondering what's going to be happening, I mean, I, I think it sounds like us. Yeah, we're, getting, we're there. If we're not doing it all yet, that's where we're coming. I would love to hear the excessive testimonies or impressive testimonies. That happened more. And he said... To assist in this accomplishing of revolutionary changes, God is looking for men he can use. But he has found it exceedingly difficult to bring men to understandably awake to his present new and powerful last day movement. He said it was last day in it. <laughs> busy. Men are so busy. Not a moment to lose. They're, they're so busy for the Lord. They have no time to be with him. They're doing everything. They cannot take time to be still and hear him and know what he wishes to bring them into. To fully awaken and enlighten men to present our movings of the mighty Lord, to qualify for a position in God's ranks is no slight task. It requires an awakening, an alertness, a keenness of vision, insight, perception, which is attainably, attainable only by the Holy Spirit. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to become our teacher. Are you awake? Are you really awake to the issue of the hour? Blow a blast, sound an alarm in Zion. God is calling all who will hear. So this thing hasn't changed. We've been doing this for a long time where we, we, we don't listen or we haven't come into that place of intimacy. He's been, he, the Lord has been on this long time. Some have found it. And those people we don't know about. Deeper life, walking as the bride. They, they, they've been quiet. We, we, how, many, how many people do we have who have told us about... Do you know what? I was thinking the other day and I was saying, when someone comes to know the Lord from now, what we should do is teach them to walk with the Lord intimately first. Why, why is it, if, well, I don't know, maybe it's not for you, but for me, it was way after I'd become a Christian for years and years that I knew that I could have a personal, intimate time with the Lord. It should be the first thing we introduce born, you people who have just become born. It's a thing we should, should introduce them. You can now talk to him intimately. This is how you do it. It's the first thing we should teach them. Yeah? yeah? yeah. Okay. And this was one of the prophetic words he gave. I hear the Lord whisper, for even the greatest hunger that you have possessed in your past will only be the starting point of the hunger that I will give you. I'm placing a great hunger in the heart of my bride. In my bride. We must be part of that bride. CCF, we are part of that bride. We're not the, the virgins without oil. We cannot hear all the things we've been hearing. Uh, I've said some of them. And, and not be part of that bride. 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, not be part of the, I don't know whether, you see, it's me assuming the five virgins with oil are the bride. I don't know it for sure, but we're part of those five virgins with oil. We are going into that marriage supper. <laughs> okay. Um, he says, I'm placing a great hunger in the heart of my bride and she will not be content with things only, but only my face. So it's not things anymore, it's his face. It's his face only that will bring content to us. We will only be content with his face. Okay, I'm calling you deeper today, says the Lord. Will you cry out to me with all of your heart? I'm going to stop there. So, we're, getting, we're going there. We're going deeper. Everything that's been happening is leading us into that place of depth with the Lord. Everything. And we're all going. If there's anyone you see is not there, pull them. And that's, that's, that's part of the love that the Lord will, is placing on your heart. He's placing such a love for one another that we will, not, we will not allow anyone not to go deep with the Lord. Come, let's go. Come, let's go. So, Lord, you know, there, there was a scripture that I was going to read. Let me just read it from Song of Songs. Um, four, six. It says, I've made up my mind until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come. In spite of shadows and fears, I will go to the mountaintop with you. This is our response to the Lord. The mountain of suffering love, the hill of burning incense. Yes, I will be your bride. We've said yes many times. We said yes um, in November. We said yes the other day. We've been saying yes. What are we saying yes to? It's to be his bride. It's to be his bride. We're saying yes. I will be your bride. But it will, it, yeah, it, it will take commitment. It will take pursuing him. But you know what? If you pursue him, you'll be sleeping when he'll say, hey, he will begin to call you. He's already given the open invitation, come. Yeah, we've already heard it. And then you get there, you say, draw me. He'll, he'll delight so much in each and every one of us that he'll, he'll be longing. He'll be there waiting. When is she going to wake up? When is he going to wake up? I'm waiting. And when you don't, wake up, I'm here. Yeah, because he will enjoy your presence so much. And you will, it, it, it won't be, oh, I have to get up. No, you, you'll jump up. No, you, because it's delight. You, 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 you'll be so delighted in his, his, his company, his presence, in who he is. You can't help but run. So, Lord, what we want to say is, we hear your call. We hear you saying, come. And we, we answer again and say yes. And we say, would you draw us? Even as we come, would you draw us? Draw us into that place, Lord, that we would enter not just to, to talk to you, but actually 
allow you to take us into your chamber, that place of deepest intimacy where you can show us your heart. We say, yes, Lord, we will be your bride because it's our heart's desire to dwell in your house forever. So we just say thank you. We hear the call and we respond. We say yes again. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 